the kids present Kudos Kirby, a celebration of the journey of Jack Kirby's lesser known works. And here is your host, Angus. Welcome to Kudos Kirby, a comic's journey into Jack Kirby's lesser-known works. I'm Angus, and will be your guide through the monthly expedition to uncover those hidden gems from the King of Comics' over 20,000 comic book pages. We hope you enjoy this latest adventure in the journey. Must. Obey. X-51, listen to me. You don't have to obey that device inside you. You're more than a machine. No, I will not. I am more than machine. I'm sorry, X-51. You're a good man. One I'd be proud to have on my team. You could be a great help to our cause, X-51. I wish to find my own path in life. I, too, am a rebel, a refugee. Until there is freedom for all sentient beings, perhaps my path does lie. Happy New Year, kids, and thanks for listening. As we enter into Season 3 of Kudos Kirby, we will be focusing in on Machine Man for this season. In Season 1, we chronicled Devil Dinosaur. Then we moved over to Challengers of the Unknown. With Machine Man, we're going to go back, starting with 2001 A Space Odyssey. This comic would come from the original 2001 A Space Odyssey, the Marvel Treasury Special, the 2001 A Space Odyssey movie, as visualized and adapted from the screenplay by Jack Kirby. Jack was so enthralled with 2001 that he wished it to become a series. And so he went about writing, scripting, and providing all the art to 2001 A Space Odyssey. This would be chronicled as Volume 2. Volume 1 will be just that one-shot work, really off the script from the movie. In Volume 2, the first four issues would go back in time, a look into the travels of the monolith and what the monolith did to primitive man. From there, Jack would begin to stretch out further, and he utilized the monolith as this mechanism to create new conflicts, new worlds, things happening within this 2001 A Space Odyssey construct. Then, in issue 8 of volume 2 of 2001 A Space Odyssey, you would see X-51 born, then known as Mr. Machine, who eventually would become the Machine Man character, some have speculated, is a more mature version of Tetsuka's Astro Boy. Many may scoff at that notion. However, we do know that Jack Kirby was an avid fan of science fiction as well as good storytelling. And I can't help but feel, as others have also expressed this in the past, that Jack could have been at his workstation there in his basement in Long Island working away with the Astro Boy cartoon on to entertain him as he was drawing. I am certain, however, that Mr. Machine is an authentic Jack Kirby creation. However, a spark of inspiration may have been provided by Tezuka's creation nearly a decade and a half earlier. So, as we are looking 
at Mr. Machine slash X-51. When he became popular, Marvel decided to stop the 2001 Space Odyssey volumes and break Mr. Machine out on his own as Machine Man. This character, Machine Man, a purple cyborg named Mr. Machine, X-51, had his genesis with the 2001 A Space Odyssey comic. And that's what we're going to focus in on today. 2001 A Space Odyssey, Volume 2, Issue Number 8, from July of 1977. The editor-in-chief is Archie Goodwin. Our cover artists are Jack Kirby, with an assist from Frank Giancola. Writer is Jack Kirby. Penciler is Jack Kirby. Mike Royer, the ever-faithful and assisting inker. Colorist, Petra Goldberg. And editor for this issue is Jack himself. Is he a push-button man or a machine in search of a soul? Superheroes would pity him. Supervillains would scoff at him. Yet he is a match for any of them. This is an odyssey to freedom, a journey for a name, for one who is only a number, the capture of X-51. And in the side, over in the top left, this is the monolith with a new destiny to mold. So again, tying this character and its origins somehow to the influence of the monolith, staying with the 2001 A Space Odyssey theme. Dr. Broadhurst, who is in charge of the X program, decides to terminate his robotics project. As too many of the thinking machines are suffering an existential crisis and lashing out violently, X's 1 through 50 are destroyed. They have explosive implants that have been placed in them, and... He is very methodically setting them off, essentially killing off these very smart robots. Abel Stack, who has taken X-51 under his wing and almost treating him like a son, a human son, removes X-51, who he has named Aaron and given him his name, Stack. Aaron Stack's device, as he has grown to love him, as a son, through all of the interaction and mentoring. X-51 has figured out or taken the next evolutionary step. He's ahead of the other robots, and he has solved the secret of anti-gravity propulsion, and he flies off. Unfortunately, his scientific father, Abel Stack, is not able to throw the bomb that device that he removed from Aaron's neck area out in time. And he explodes. X-51 is soon taken captive by soldiers who use sonic weaponry under the command of a Colonel Craig who has lost an eye to the X-Robots. And he really sees these smart robots as being very dangerous. The monolith appears and ultimately releases X-51 from his bonds. This monolith making the decision that X-51 needs to live, this mysterious monolith. It's an interesting twist, a utilization of a device here to allow X-51 to escape 
enter into the world, and now you have a tried-and-true story narrative of the fugitive, of this machine that is acting very much human in many ways, running for its life, wanting to be free, seeking its own destiny in the world. This comic lays that foundation. It brings to life this new and exciting character. It would also lay the groundwork for deeper discussions to occur within the comic book pages of the rights of machines, sentient life. Who are we as humans once we've created something that then has the capacity to live on its own to then limit that being's potential? Really cool concepts here. The groundwork being laid by Jack Kirby. The illustrations in this volume, in this particular issue, are outstanding and quintessential Kirby. The action shots of Aaron X-51 racing through the air, the sonic weapons that are employed knocking him down, Colonel Craig in there with the eye patch and really angered face, the loving looks and concern of a father from Dr. Abelstack as he is looking at Aaron, releasing him from his fate of being designated to be destroyed and wishing him to seek out a life and a purpose. That is really emotionally compelling. It's amazing. I truly love where Jack is in his career here, this being 1977. This is the height, if we're looking from a cultural context perspective, of the Star Wars phenomenon having exploded. That would happen in May of that year. So here you have a science fiction, high-action comic coming out. And I have no doubt, based on the culture of the times, that this kind of a robot that's wanting to live on its own, this artificial intelligence, the capacity to learn and adapt and try to fit in within society is really, really going to be embraced by a readership that is absolutely hungry now for good science fiction and to have this happen in the comic book pages is great you would also have the launch of the star wars comics happening at marvel so the entire sci-fi genre and blending in almost of a fantastical into it all would really begin to take root and be embraced by the readership and jack indeed by using this monolith focuses or hones in on utilizing mythic devices artifacts that are not of this world to propel story forward and that's fully embraced here and makes no bones about it i truly enjoyed this read i know that looking through these is a challenge for money because of the licensing having expired for 2001 and space odyssey with marvel i hope they're able to work that out and bring this classic comic back in a captured graphic novel form it would be wonderful if they would include the original movie along with this 10 issue run here of 2001 a space odyssey comic it really does capture jack at his peak as far as artistry is concerned it's just a beautiful work and very very compelling and i am so glad that we have an entire year here to celebrate machine man and all that machine man stands for and what Jack brought to the table with this character. So please, won't you join us all year long 
in our reads of Machine Man. We will be chronicling the last three issues within 2001 A Space Odyssey, then moving on to the collected work of Machine Man by Jack Kirby and then Steve Ditko taking over the character. We're only going to focus in on the Kirby issues, but I think you all know that I am a very big fan of Steve Ditko, and I'd highly encourage you on your own to read the Steve Ditko issues and see where Steve Ditko would take the character after Jack would hand the character off to Steve and then move on from Marvel. If after reading issue number eight of volume two of 2001 A Space Odyssey, you are enthusiastic about the artwork and the themes, I would highly encourage you to go back and read 2001 A Space Odyssey, the Marvel Treasury special that Jack Kirby originally did, and then to listen to the season two, episode 102 review of that work. That will key you into this world then that Jack pivots off of to then create the Mr. Machine X-51 that would then become Machine Man. Please join us in February for 2001 A Space Odyssey Volume 2 Number 9. In March, 2001 A Space Odyssey Volume 2 Number 10. Then in April, we delve into the Machine Man Collected Volume work. The Machine Man Volume 1 Number 1 in April, 2 in May, 3 in June, 4 in July, 5 in August, 6 in September, 7 in October, 8 in November, and then we wind it up with number 9, the last issue that Jack Kirby would do in December. We hope that you will come along for our journey into the comic book pages with Jack Kirby's Machine Man.